when I got to Joyce's book, it was, it was like the light dawned and, and there was freedom in that. And uh, I, I cried. Welcome to the Eden Podcast, where we true the verse of Genesis 3.16, and we discover that God didn't curse Eve or Adam or limit woman in any way. This is Workshop Wednesday, and my co-host is Mimi We Met. And Mimi, would you introduce us to our special, special, special workshop guest? Yes, I sure would. We're so happy to have one of our workshop students here today. Her name is Vicki Cox, and Vicki says she was practically born in the pew of the Churches of Christ, where her family has deep roots. She's been married for 33 years, and they have two children and one grandchild. They live in a small farm in south-central Missouri. Her preacher husband is now retired from full-time ministry. And Vicki, you go on to tell us that in 2003, you got your husband fired from a church by simply asking about a study on women's roles in the Bible and in church. So we're going to want to hear more about that, Vicki, but we're so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's very much an honor. Well, Vicki has been a friend of ours for a long time, even though I didn't know it. <laughs> so, Back when we were uh, working in Africa, Joy was asked to focus on a key, key, key passage in, in the Old Testament, and she ended up researching Genesis chapters 2 and 3 and came across Genesis 3.16, God's words to the woman, and made it real clear that in spite of uh, some mistranslation and misinterpretation, God didn't curse Eve or Adam or limit woman in any way. So when we came back from our time in Africa, we were asked to, by a large organization if Joy would uh, make a presentation. And afterwards they said, well, that's a 407-page dissertation. Could, could, you, could you condense that to something a little easier for us? She worked hard at that and she produced a booklet <clears throat> called Man and Woman, in Biblical Unity, Theology from Genesis 2 to 3. And you have an original copy of that with you. Is that right? I do. Yes. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. It's very definitely condensed. <laughs> so now that that book is uh is looks like this. And 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 like this, we've got study guides that have been added to it. And so that's this is the next edition of, of what you just what you just did, Man and Woman in Biblical Unity. I have this one. Oh, that's another book that came out later. I wrote that, and because that one has one chapter on Genesis two and three, which is Joy's work, and then it has a chapter on Ephesians, and it has a chapter on First Timothy. So that was for I, I told the Lord I, I would like to prepare a book for my leaders in Africa that will be in more straightforward English, less academic sounding. And so I wrote that and that came out quite quite a few years after Joy's original work. Yeah. So a lot of people like that one for its own reasons. And it's been distributed in, in Uganda and other places. So we're excited about that. Well, then time came by, time passed, and eventually we were able to start a podcast called The Eden Podcast. That turned into a number of books. You can show and tell the books now if you'd like. My books? <laughs> before we see, I know you've got those because you showed them to me I've before before we started interviewing. Yeah. Well, so, this was the first one. All right. This is the, very first one. Yeah. the next one, the Book of Eden, which there is like, like this amplified. That's deeper, right. More. Mm -hmm. And from there, I went to Beyond. Um, I just finished this class. So I've, I've done two classes. 
I go. said one earlier, I've done two. Uh, and I'm ready for this one. Uh-huh. And there's one in between, is it Timothy, that right. I have a Kindle. I have them all. Yeah. So we, we talk about the seven key passages on women and men. Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Ephesians 5 and 6, 1 Timothy 2 and 3, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 14. And for fun, we throw in 1 Peter 3. So we, <laughs> we we try to do all of that. So let's let's zoom in on you, Vicki. I want to learn some more. You've got a faith story with, where you said you grew up in the church, uh, but you also started uh, learning and growing in Christ. Can you tell us a bit of your faith story? Um, I, I was pretty solid for many years. I married a man who was a Christian, but he was not of my fellowship. And there, uh, in that marriage, there was a whole lot of, um, patriarchal power and it, it was a very difficult marriage. Um, after seven years, God released me from that marriage and I've been grateful ever since. Well, that made me, that made me think about things. And I took, I took a break, uh, from church life for some time. Uh, you might say I took a walk on the wild side. Um, and then I lost, I married, I had a son and my husband died and God got my attention. He, he needed, he needed to wake me up and he did. And that took me down a different journey. I had a daughter and um, I remarried. Um, my husband and I have a daughter. And she's the reason I started this journey, trying to find out what the roles for women were. Since the time she was a toddler, I knew that she was meant to be God's voice. And, and, then, and then you started searching some more and you came across this group that put out Joy's book there. Yes. Was that was that a help to you when you found Joy's uh, Man and Woman in Biblical Unity? Oh, it was more than a help. It was freedom. It was like like the noose had been taken off our yoke. Be biblical with it. <laughs> uh, the yoke had been removed. My daughter had sat next to me at the age of 10, and she watched a five-year-old boy help her, help his dad serve communion. And she asked me, could she do that? I knew she would not be allowed to. And she said, why? Why, mommy? Why can't I do that? And the only answer I could give her that would be honest and truthful was because of what's under your skirt. That is the only thing that would differentiate her from him. And I thought there must be more to that. I mean, the Bible's not going to say because of what's under her skirt. So I began to search and I began to dig. And I, I read as much as I could get my hands on. But when I got to Joyce's book, it was, it was like the light dawned and, and there was freedom in that. And uh, I, I cried when I got through, through that little booklet. I was just in tears because I realized for the first time that life in, God, in the church body and the God body and the marital body was not what I had always been taught that it was. It was freedom. Not sure what's happening here. I think he 
Hello, Bruce. You know, Joy and I like to bicycle a lot. You, you made me think about this. If you're biking and all of a sudden, not on purpose, you bang into a wall and, the, and then the wheel is put out of whack and uh, you can maybe get home or maybe not. It's certainly not what life's supposed to be like. You're not supposed to ride a bicycle like that. And when you get home, you want to true it up. You want to true the wheel. You adjust all the different spokes and then till finally you get the wheel straight again. And then it's good. You can ride it. Well, we found that in the Hebrew verses of Genesis 3.16, especially, it's out of whack. And so we want to true it up. And so that's why we talk about tru316.com, true316. So what you did and what brought tears to your eyes was truing up Genesis 3.16 and the rest of the passage. Is there a specific part in that passage that that set you free when you when you found out what was going on? Um. The big light bulb moment would be that the woman was not cursed yeah. and, and that she was not cursed to have pain in childbirth. Um, having children was difficult for me. I was I had four miscarriages. And, and at, at that time, I began to feel like I was not doing my part, you know, that I was supposed to have babies and I was supposed to be tough. Well, it's tough losing babies, too. But um, just just knowing that that curse that, that I still hear preached from the pulpit is not real is such, I can, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just changes everything for me. I was in, I was in, in a conversation with Sheila Gregoire and I had not heard the phrase Eve's curse before she used it in my hearing. And then I it began to, you know, we guys, we just don't understand how damaging and how hurtful some of these mistranslations are. Uh, wow. Okay, let's move on to you. You you've had ministry. The Holy Spirit has gifted you to do things. When did you first discover what your spiritual gifts were, and how have you been using them? Somebody plopped it in my lap. Uh, they brought me a magazine, and in the magazine was an article written by Katie Hayes called "Who Do You Say That I Am," and mm -hmm. literally dropped it in my lap. I read that and I was a sobbing mess, just an absolute sobbing mess. And my husband came in and he says, what's wrong? And I said, God wants me to do something with this. And I'm trying to talk him out of it. <laughs> I, I did not want to be that voice. I'm an introvert and I'm quiet and, and you know, let somebody else do it. And and he was he was firm with me. And you just in your in, in, in your inner being, you just know that. This was what he wanted me to do, and I did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I said, at this point, I'd like to have my co-host hit the guests with a zinger question. Do you have a zinger for her, Mimi? <laughs> well, the True 316 message is a zinger, that's for sure. And as I've been leading these workshops, I've heard so many testimonies of women like you who have said the same thing over and over, that this is freeing, it's healing. And they have just wept when they've realized what God's word is saying and how much he loves them and uh, the truth of those passages. And I've also heard some testimony similar to what uh, you mentioned, Vicki, when you talked about trying to have your leaders at church um, do a study on women and in the Bible and in, in the church. 
And many of them too have also told me that as they've gone to their leadership, that they've really been met with resistance when they just were sincerely curious, trying to figure it out, trying to seek truth. But yet there was just a resistance, you know, not to even go there. Um, you had quite a dramatic story with your husband being fired like that. Why do you think we're met with such resistance by so many leaders in the church? Um, for us and our fellowship, I think it has a lot to do with, um, first of all, the fact that our elders are not deeply trained in how to study the Bible themselves. So I think they feel a little inadequate when I ask for the study. Um, so what they what they did do is they offered to sit down with Phil and just study with the elders themselves. And so Phil tried studying with them, but after about two meetings, they just, they quit. They just up and quit. And uh, I think the wrestling with it is too hard for them that maybe they feel like we've been taught this all our lives. We've been teaching this to others all our lives. Have we been teaching them wrong? Have we done wrong? So I think there's a little bit of a guilt complex that comes in there, but mostly is the inadequacy and in how to study the Bible and, and what seems to be an unwillingness to learn how. Um, what I know I've done because I have made the effort and I've sought it out and, and my seeking led me to the Flemings. <laughs> I'm so grateful, mm -hmm. so grateful for that. Um, that obviously they're not the only ones that I've read, but I, I just, I, I soaked them up like a sponge. And I think if sometimes I think if you boys would just sit down with me, we can go over this Genesis thing real slowly and mm -hmm. you just soak it in, but they're not willing. They're just not willing. And if they can't read, they can go to our True 316 YouTube channel. <laughs> they can look, they can watch. Look, uh, the pastor who married Joy and me, we, we had a long conversation and he, he had not, he had not heard what Joy had studied. He had not heard that. And he thought that, Eve was at fault and that God had to put his thumb on Eve and that it's our generation's turn to put our thumb on all women and including the ones in the church. And we talked, he and I talked about it. And after a while he said to me, he said, well, Bruce, we disagree, we disagree. And I'm not, uh, I, I just don't want to study it anymore. <laughs> and and it, so he just walked away too, basically, you know, and, and guys can walk away because it doesn't hurt us at all. But we shouldn't walk away. That is just absolutely the rotten, rotten thing to do because we've got half the church out there, more than half the church is influenced by all this bad stuff. One of the things I'd like to do is to go to the old King James Version or the new King James Version. If you take a look at Genesis 3.16, the first words in Genesis 3.16 in the King James says this, I will, I will multiply two things. I will multiply X and I will multiply Y. And the X has to do with sorrowful toil when the ground gets cursed and you, you know, you've got painful toil and or sorrowful toil in field work. And the Y is has to do with conception and pregnancy, which is the the offspring that the woman has who will crush Satan's head. That's you can see that in the King James. 
but in the Revised Standard Version from 1952, and then in the New International Version, and the New American Standard Version, and the Living Bible, and the ESV, all of them said no. It's about another thing. It's about one big bad thing. It's about pain and childbirth. And God basically cursed Eve and said, I'm going to you know, hit you. I'm going to smite you. I'm going to zap you with pain in childbearing. And that's not what it says. So I think if we go to the King James and we say, now, look, all these Bibles try to base themselves on the Hebrew words. There's a dis, dis there's something there's a dis there's something not fitting. It doesn't fit. Let's go to the old King James and see what it is. God says, I'm going to multiply two things, and neither one of those things has anything to do with childbirth. Now, when we go to the New Testament passages, you, Vicky, have just gone through the the uh, Beyond Eden workshop. In the light of the the understanding, the better understanding of Genesis. When we look at Ephesians 5 and 6, did that make any difference in what you found in there? Oh, absolutely. Yes, because it, it makes a direct connection back to what was said in the garden and what Jesus had said. And the, the connection between the marriage and unity, you, you can't deny it. If you don't get the Genesis part right, you're not going to get the rest of it right. And no wonder they look hard and confusing is because We've missed the first part. We yeah. just totally missed the first part. And I have spent more time. My Bible is worn out in the first three chapters of Genesis because I just, it's my favorite part in the Bible. Vicki, mm -hmm. yeah. that's great. And I was going to say, you know, we put too much responsibility on our leaders and it's our responsibility to study God's word. And what a great way to do it in these workshops to unpack it and to be studying. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was, I was speaking in a, a local church this morning and they asked me to speak on Ephesians five and six. And I said, that's great, but I won't speak on what the commentaries say. The commentaries say that Ephesians five and six is the largest passage on marriage. <laughs> and I said, I won't say that because I don't think that's what it says. The thing about Ephesians 5 and 6 is it's built like a rainbow, just like Genesis 2 and 3 is, like a, a chiasm. And in the Hebrew pattern, the center point was the most important point. If you want to know what's going on and what we're talking about in that passage, like in Ephesians 5 and 6, you go find the center point. And nobody's talking about the center point of that passage. They don't know where the beginning of it is. They don't know where the end of it is. And they certainly don't know where the high point is in the middle. And I, I spent a lot of years trying to figure this out. But it starts and ends 5.15 to 6.9, and the high point is 5.32, where Paul says, this is a great mystery, meaning this was something that was previously hidden, but now is revealed. So you could say, this is a great revelation, and I'm talking about the unity of believers with Christ, Christ and the church in one body. So it's not about marriage primarily, it's about being united with Christ in one body being filled with the spirit and being united in Christ in one body. And then there's some sub points like how do husbands and wives, you know, submit one another, that kind of thing. But the main point is, is up here. So when you focus on the unity in Christ, who gets the priority? Who is the stronger? Who has the upper hand? Who has the lower hand, Vicki? Well, Christ is, we're all unified. We're all, we're all on even ground level ground and once you once you see the unity yeah. you see it scattered throughout all of scripture it's like jumping out at me all the time now and i go oh this is about unity 
this is about unity. And this is what I got out of the Ephesians workshop. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's more. We've got workshop three on First Timothy 2 and 3. <laughs> I want you to go through that. And then there's workshop four on First Corinthians 11 and, and 14. And, you know, it just takes... How how long do you are you taking now, uh, Mimi? How many sessions does it take to to go through one of these books? It's done in one hour on Zoom for six sessions, three nights for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it goes by very quickly. And another added benefit is everybody on just really forms a a nice bond and community. So by the end of it, nobody wants to leave, and they've made you know made friends. And I just want to add, when I learned about this message myself, I said, you know, this is good news for women, but it's good news for men, and it's great news for relationships and marriage. Yeah. So there is great news coming out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to keep tracking with you, Vicki. I sure appreciate your friendship and getting to know you better through this session. And uh, okay. we'll, uh, we'll thank you for that. Thank you so much, for Mimi, for your help. And uh, we'll see you later. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. True 316 Foundation is the home of the Eden Podcast. Join us for $3.16 a month or more. Let's chew the verses on the key passages on women and men. Go to true316.com slash partner.